My name is Martin Abonge and I believe in freedom. I believe in creating a lifestyle where you actually have a choice. My goal here is to help you escape the life of sacrifice you've been conditioned to live. How do I do it? Simply by sharing my own journey to complete freedom. My expectations, my hurdles, my failures, my successes, and everything I learned along the way. How are we going to proceed here? We're going to do it by asking the right questions. The questions that make you think. Because these questions will allow you to do something. Change your mindset, to change your reality, and build the perfect life for you. And when I mean perfect life for you, it's for you. Not for your mom, not for your dad, not for your best friend. The perfect life for you. So in this podcast, we think differently. We expand your horizon and we work together to create your happiness. So welcome to the Freedom I Chose podcast with your host, Martin Ebonge. Hello guys, before we start, just wanted to say that the podcast ran for way longer than I thought, so it's going to be an hour. So instead of having a long file of an hour, I decided to cut it into two different parts, where part one is going to cover a subject and part two is going to cover the other one, and it's easier for you to consume, right? So you don't have to listen to a big file in one go. Okay, so right now we're going to start with part one. And after that, I will meet you in the second part where there is more interesting stuff and well, more details about uh, my life. And uh, also something really important that you need to know that will wait for you in part two. Okay, so let's start it. Hey guys, how is it going? So welcome guys to episode number four. As always, I'm very, very happy to have you guys. And I'm very happy to have uh, people actually give my podcast a chance. Uh, I had a few, uh, like a few hundred plays or something. And um, I'm really, really happy. So thank you guys for uh, making this an amazing experience. For me, it's, it's awesome just knowing that some people are listening to my stuff. I might, might just, I'm just you know, <laughs> talking nonsense in a microphone and, uh, and people listening to it. So thank you very much for, for all the support and the nice messages uh, on Facebook and everything. Uh, really, really happy about it. So today we have a special, well, every episode will be special, but I think this one will be a special episode for me because uh, I want to open up a little bit about who I am. Um, and uh, I mean, from the get-go, I can tell you that I have absolutely no control over how long this podcast is going to be. So if the other ones were <laughs> reasonably long, this one I have no idea how long it's going to be. Um, I'm going to try and keep it uh, you know, around like, you know, maybe like 40, 45 minutes or something, but you never know, right? Um, and the reason why I want to tell you about it, uh, about who I am, is uh, because I think it's, I mean, for me it's important. You know, once you get to know someone better and you understand where the person is coming from and, you know, uh, what their life was, then uh, you can relate to, uh, to more things. And um, so the, the, in the previous episodes, um, I wanted to give you like some background information about what the, the podcast was about and what you could expect from the podcast, which is like pandemonium and, uh, and just like a discussion with you guys with no, not too much structure and no editing and all that stuff, right? So that you, uh, you can decide whether that podcast is for you, if, if this is a style that you like or if you don't like it. Uh, and in my last podcast, I wanted to give you some background information about why I named it that way. So you understand the philosophy, 
of the, the podcast and the content and where, where I'm actually trying to go with, the, with this podcast, right? So I think that now that this is established, it's just fair uh, to tell you more about me um, because, you know, there are appearances, right? So, uh, I mean, a lot of you guys don't know me. Uh, maybe I have some, like, new listeners and stuff. But, I mean, some of my listeners, um, you know me. And, uh, I mean, today it looks like I made it, right? Like, you know, some of you guys might consider me, like, this big expert and stuff. And when you see an expert, and it's the same thing for me. Like, when you see an expert, you think that everything's easy for that person. Like, ah, dude, it's easy. You're xyz right that's your well that's you so it's easy right but no it's not easy maybe today it looks easy or maybe it has become easier than before but it's it's really not easy right and um and i i want you to understand you know what i went through right so today uh if you ask people and well if you ask me especially my, my specialty is building businesses and system that will run without people like uh, it, it will just run like clockwork uh, so that I can wake up in the morning and I can decide what I want to do with my day, right? So that's what I do today, uh, and it's, I absolutely love it. Right? And today, after you know, practicing and everything, you know, of course, it looks easy, right? So that's the image that some people have, and I want to bust that myth, right? So first thing is um, I'm not a millionaire, man. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a millionaire. Uh, and so I can't tell you how to make a million, right, yet, right, because maybe I might be a millionaire at some point, uh, and I'll be able to tell you that. But for now, I can't tell you that. I'm not a millionaire. Um, so if, if those are the kind of answers that you were looking for, then uh, I can't give them to you. But if you do find the answer, please share it with me, okay? So maybe over the, yeah, not maybe, like over the years, I, I yeah, I have done, uh, like, you know, at least a million, so maybe I can teach you that. Like over the course of like a few years, then you can you can actually do that. But you know, making a million like now, like this, I can't teach you that, right? Uh, but what I can teach you is what I've done and what I have, so that you can reproduce it. And what I have, again, as I told you, is systems that will run without me and that will generate me enough income to you know have what I call peace of mind. So basically, I can do anything I want. Uh, and uh, I can like you know buy anything I want without worrying about can I pay it or cannot pay it or something right. So for example, if I if I want to go somewhere and I see a ticket and the, the, the you know the ticket looks sexy, I'm like, dude, the plane is tonight. I just buy the ticket. I go. I don't have to worry about too much. Okay. Uh, so that's what I have today. And you know I'm I'm pretty low key. So my when I'm when I'm when I say I can buy anything I want. Is it's also based on what you want. Like if a, uh, if you want a yacht, then obviously you need more money. But me, I'm low key, right? I don't need much. I don't want much, right? So everything I need, I mean, based on who I am and everything I want, I can just I can just get it without worrying about anything, my bank account or how am I going to make ends meet and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so and and that's a subject that I want to touch base uh, on, on at the end of the podcast. We're going to discuss the subject of money, right? Because it's a uh, it's a subject where you know everybody's really confused and uh, and there are a lot of misconceptions around money, how much money you actually need, and stuff like that. And you and 
the, the what I'm going to tell you at the end of the podcast might actually shock you, will like blow your mind, right? So uh, one thing uh, I, I, I uh, told people, um, so some of you guys here in the audience were at the last mastermind where I was a one of the speakers, one of the teachers. I taught you some stuff about uh, how to generate money online, and I remember at the end of the uh, of the, the uh, the whole mastermind. So the mastermind was something like five days or something. So at the end of the mastermind, we uh, the speakers, all the speakers were like lined up in front of the uh, the like the the audience, uh, all the, the the participants. And um, so basically, just to just to tell them that we were really really grateful for them, you know, paying attention and showing up at the mastermind. Um, and I, I told the audience something. So everybody, the, all the, the attendees that were there, I, I told them something that I actually, uh, I, I mean it, I meant it. And, uh, and I, I think it's, uh, it's very important to tell that to someone because it's the truth, right? So I told them that I respected each and every one of them for what they're doing right now because they're putting in the effort to improve their lives and they're investing in themselves and they're investing in training and everything. So I have the utmost respect for them because I do respect the, uh, the, like the, the perseverance and the efforts that people put in. And for me, the only difference between uh, them, so the, uh, the attendees and, and us, the speakers, was just that we had made more mistakes than they had. That's, that, that was the only difference. So I'm not, I, 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 I don't consider myself better than someone who's attending the, who was attending that, that mastermind. It's just that I've made more mistakes than that person. I've tried more than they have. And uh, you know, every time you fail, you, uh, you basically eliminate one of the possibilities until you find the right one. And my, uh, what I thought it was important to tell them is that, well, maybe I'm where you want to be, uh, but you're, it's just that you're not there yet, right? It doesn't mean you'll never get there. It's just you're not there yet. And me as well, as a the speaker, I told them, dude, I have no idea what I'm doing either. Don't think I have all the answers. <laughs> I don't have all, all the answers, man. I'm, 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 I'm grinding like everybody else. I'm trying to find the answers, okay? So, um, so that's, that's the, uh, the, the myth that I wanted to, uh, to uh, kind of bust uh, of, you know the person who has all the answers and uh, and stuff because you look at you look at how my my business and stuff is now um and yeah so now let me tell you you know who i am you know where i come from and what my struggles uh were and how i got to this point uh because you know a lot of you guys don't know or we we never had like these kind of conversations and it's important for me to tell you that so um so from my childhood Right, so I was born in Cameroon, actually, uh, and uh, I didn't grow up in Cameroon because of my my dad's job. So we moved a lot. So I actually grew up in a lot of different countries. So uh, after Cameroon, I went to Ethiopia for two years. Then went went to France for like four four years. Then I grew up in Italy for like like nine years or something, and lived in Italy in Rome, and then. Uh, he came back to um, to France afterwards for like high school and, and stuff like that. Okay, and uh, well, of course, while traveling and stuff, I I get exposed to a lot of different cultures and a lot of different languages. So I grew up speaking like different languages. Well, 
I grew up speaking, you know, Italian and French, so that was that, that was a good advantage uh, for me because it's not like I was putting you know too many efforts. I was just I just grew up speaking those languages. Um, and in, in my family, I'm the the last of seven kids. Yeah, <laughs> so I have a lot of siblings, uh, and uh, you know, I know what people are thinking. They're like, "Oh, you're the last one. You you uh, mom's favorite," and blah blah blah. Yeah, well, maybe I don't know. But for like for my dad, for example, it never actually made a difference. You know, I, I had the same treatment as uh, everybody else. Uh, and uh, yeah, so when I was a kid, uh, I think I was a horrible kid, man. Jesus Christ! Oh, like I was, I was causing ruckus in the in the neighborhood with my brothers and friends. We were horrible kids. Oh, this is really really horrible. Uh, yeah, we we've done like crazy things when we were kids. Um, and uh, so yeah, that was back when I was in Italy, and then I moved to France. Um, so we we moved back to France after Italy uh, because uh, you know my my dad had uh, well they shifted his career. So basically, uh, he had a pretty good job uh, when I was uh, when we were kids, um, and so my mom actually uh, stopped working uh, to like take care of us. But uh, you know things change, and my my dad actually lost his job, and um, so basically he went into consulting. And my mom had to go back to her previous job or her previous career, and um, well, she was a midwife, uh, which you know, uh, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful job, but it's like a you know it's a hard job as well, you know. And uh, the thing is, so we're living in this small city uh, in France. Uh, but it was kind of hard for her to find uh, find like you know a job there, so she basically had to work in Paris, which was like two hours away from where we were living. So um, that meant that I, I actually never saw my mom because she was working nights. And what happened uh, is that she was working nights. Um, so I don't know. I think she finished at like six a.m. or something. Then she jumped on the train for like two hours to come home uh you know do whatever she was like you know you know cleaning and cooking and all that stuff and then at five before i actually came back from school um she she was gone so basically she was at home between maybe 11 a.m and 5 p.m while i was in school and then she was gone so basically i never actually saw my mom and uh and for my dad he uh i mean his job demanded that he uh traveled a lot so my dad was uh, you know, he, he was gone like, I don't know, like three months and then he was coming for like a week and then he was gone somewhere else. So basically, uh, by that point, I, I kind of grew up without, you know, seeing my parents uh, a lot. Like I, I, maybe I saw my mom like once a week or something. Uh, and, um, and yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, it was pretty hard. I don't know, I got used to it. Um, but you know, it, it was pretty hard for, you know, for my parents, for my mom, I actually don't know how she did this. And, um, I know that at some point she actually had two different vacancies to two different jobs. So basically she was working nights at one clinic and then she, um, she was staying in Paris and sleeping at an, uh, an aunt. And then afterwards she was going back for between, I don't know, like two and, and I don't know, like eight or something, working in another clinic, crazy stuff. I don't know how she did this, right? And uh, yeah, so that was when I was around, uh, what was that, like 15 or something, like 14, 15. 
And uh, so a lot of things changed for me around around that time. Uh, I was when I was a kid. I told you I was a horrible kid, and I was running everywhere. Uh, I mean, I, you couldn't get me to shut up. I was always talking and you know, like really loud kid and stuff. But once I um, arrived in uh, like middle school, I think you know, when you're like 14 or something, I became the shyest person on the freaking planet man. like in, in the universe it was crazy it was really bad so my experience of like middle school and high school for me was it was horrible for me it was nightmarish like people like oh dude i, I like high school and stuff it was it was awesome for me it was horrible i became this really really shy person but shy to a point where i had no uh i mean it was impossible for me to be spontaneous right so just picture this, like every every night, every evening, I was rehearsing what I was going to say the next day. So I basically had this scenario uh, in my mind of what, you know how things were going to go down. And if someone said this, then maybe that was my chance to say this because otherwise I just couldn't, right? I was really, really bad. So it, it was, I mean, one of the worst periods of my, of my life, like, all my teenage years were horrible. Uh, the worst thing was, I mean, with dudes, it was fine. I, I had a bunch of like a bunch of buddies, right? But <laughs> as soon as he came to talking to a girl or whatever, it was really bad. <laughs> it was really crazy. Uh, and um, so at that, at that period, because, you know, there is, there is always something positive that comes out of it. That's, that's, that's how I look at things. You know, in retrospective, I look at, what good came out of it and what came out of it was that at that time since i was so shy i was you know you know again i was the shyest person i, I have ever met i ended up spending a lot of time by myself you know because it was easier for me to be by myself than surrounded with people and people were, were going to wonder what's the problem with this creepy dude because he's just sitting here and doesn't say anything and you know, a lot of people in my in my like high school and stuff, they've never actually heard the sound of my voice. Like I was just there, like a you know, like a piece of furniture or something. So I decided to spend a lot of time by myself, and uh, well, that helped me, uh, you know, learn how to stay by myself. You know, because a lot of people have problems being by themselves. They need to be surrounded with people and stuff. And I don't have that problem because you know, very early in my life, I basically had to learn how to master that um uh, you know in order to survive so that will help me down the road because you know when when i was building some of these businesses and stuff uh, you know an entrepreneur can be a very lonely uh you know lonely journey right and sometimes you'll be by yourself working on something and you have to be able to deal with it and me i was quipped uh because of my experience as a teenager and that you know that uh that I don't say problem, like, you know, you know the, the fact that I was shy, man, it, it followed me until I was in like junior, my junior year at university. So I mean, junior is like third year or something. Uh, just imagine that some people, I mean, up until my third year, I had never spoken to anybody in my, like my promotion you know, in college. That's how bad it was. Like I was basically... Uh, going to class and I was just pretending I hated everybody. So that was my reason for not talking to people. So everybody was really scared of me. Uh, but it's just that I was shy. And, and I remember uh, my junior year, uh, I went to an exchange. Uh, so we had like exchange programs. So I went to Germany. 
Uh, and there were six of us from a university going to Germany. So I went to Mainz. Um, and when I got there, uh, there were five girls from a university. And when they saw me, they started crying. They were like, no, not him. They started crying. That's, that's how bad it was. Uh, and then I got over it afterwards. Uh, it's, uh, after that year, I got over it because uh, I changed when I was, gee, when you January, like what, like 22, 23 or something, something like that. Um, I managed to change. And, uh, and a lot of people are actually very surprised. They're like, dude, I, I, I never imagined that you were shy and stuff, but I, I was. I just managed to change, uh, thanks to a buddy of mine, actually, uh, who, uh, who basically, he never took anything serious, right? He was always joking and, and laughing and doing goofy stuff. And the more time I spent with him, the, the more I realized that, dude, you have to be serious all the time. Like, you know, nobody's looking at you because that was my impression. Like, you know, that people are looking at you all the time. People don't care, man. They have their problems, they have their life. And uh, that's how I approached the uh, life afterwards. And uh, I started like, you know, goofing around and joking and all that stuff. And then afterwards I became a different person, I guess. But I'm, I'm still shy. I'm still very shy, actually. Um, you know, yeah, with women, especially. <laughs> if I have to talk to women, it's a problem. With dudes and stuff, now I'm very sociable. You know, I can be sociable, so that's the thing. Now what I have is that I can be very sociable. I can, I can go to a crowd and talk to everybody and uh, that, you know, that I couldn't do that before. You know, if I was in a crowd, I was just, uh, just in a corner somewhere looking creepy and weird. Now I can just go to a crowd and make friends and everything. And then afterwards, I can just go home and, and be by myself, which I like doing. You know? So it, it, this experience really helped me shape you know, who I am and give me this advantage in what I'm doing here in business that you know, allows me to spend all the, the time necessary working on stuff uh, you know, by myself. And so all these years when, uh, when I was like horribly shy and, and you know, having this like horrible, miserable life, uh, there's one thing I focused on was basketball uh, because I was very, very good at basketball at the time. And that was the only, uh, the only uh, field where I could shine it. That, like I was... I was so good that some people actually took trains and came from other cities and regions just to play on the same playground that I was playing, right? And um, so that was my somehow my escape route because uh, in the in the normal uh, and everyday world I was nobody because nobody knew me. I was just a creepy guy, you know, <laughs> sitting there not saying anything. But I was a star when I was playing basketball. And the reason why I'm telling you about this basketball thing is that it's, it's going to play a crucial, uh, a crucial role afterwards. Now, you know, uh, uh, a few years after, I'll, I'll get to that afterwards. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, so uh, I, I finished university. And uh, so I graduated. So basically, I studied uh, foreign languages and international trade. And uh, after my master's, I think master's degree is like four years, I had a diploma. But I wanted to uh, specialize in international negotiations, so I did a postmaster degree uh, in that in that field. So my expectation was that you know what, once I have um, my diploma, I'm going to find a job, I'm going to find something really cool, I'll be a manager straight away, and uh, and yeah, that's it. I'm done. 
but yeah, it didn't go. It didn't go as planned because uh, you know, once I had my degree, uh, there were like you know circumstances that were not necessarily in my favor, right? <laughs> so yeah, to say the least. So I'm um, I'm not the type of person to uh, complain about stuff. Uh, and I understand that, you know, in life there are circumstances and sometimes they're not in your favor. So basically what happened is that, uh, so I was in France at the time. And, um, and for example, when, uh, when I was looking for like an internship or something, because we did, we did have to perform internships. Well, everybody, uh, everybody in my, in my class, uh, you know, sent out like one or two CVs or whatever. And they were like, dude, I found my internship. Me, I had to send like a hundred or 150, like no response or anything, um, you know, because, uh, you know, that, you know, because of like, you know, stuff that, you know, happens in France when, uh, uh, yeah, when you're, you know, kind of like me basically. And, uh, so I struggled for, for a while. So basically I had to do my internships in a, in like a different country. Uh, and then, uh, well, afterwards, once we graduated, you know, I saw people were, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't say that I was like smarter than them, but I, I honestly think I was, uh, and I was way more resourceful, and uh, and I think I would have bet, done a better job than they did. But you know, just uh, you know, just because of you know what my name sounds like and what I look like, basically, because well, you know, in France, yeah, maybe things have changed, but there are countries where you know when you're black, uh, well, you have to work extra hard, right? So I started looking for a job uh, and uh, you know, normally when you're like, you have your diploma, you have like a five year degree and stuff, you find a job pretty easily. But um, so everybody found a job in like, I don't know, a month, three, two months and stuff. For me, it took like a year and a half for like a good year and a half. I looked for a job and I didn't, I didn't find anything. So not that I, not that I found something after a year and a half. I, I was applying, I was sending CVs every day, man. Like I was, uh, I was spending most of my day looking for offers, uh, you know, changing my CV and changing the cover letter and blah, blah, blah. So most of the time I didn't get, I didn't get any answer from anybody. Uh, sometimes when, uh, you know, somehow I managed to get an interview, you know, so sometimes I, I show up there and so the dude or the chick is coming out of their office with a big smile like, oh, okay, so who's the next one? And when they see me like, whoop, like the uh, the smile is just wiped out of her face and they're like, oh, okay, sir, uh, yeah, please come in. So at that point, I knew that, well, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of compromised. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get a job because I was trying to get a job as a, uh, like a negotiation, like, you know, purchasing departments for like these really old industries, uh, you know, in France, like the, you know, these like really old companies where uh, like, you know, yeah, it's kind of a problem to have a black sales guy, I'll say. Uh, and um, yeah, so I started looking for the job I was normally, I'll say, predisposed to get based on my diploma. Then I went from that to the assistant of that job and then to the intern and then to something else. I even sent CVs for like butcher or something. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, I didn't get anything. Not not that I was looking, but I didn't get anything. Uh, so yeah, for a good year and a half, that's what happened to me. And um, uh, basically, at that point, at some point, I ended up uh, earning. Uh, it's not even minimum wage because minimum wage is when you work and they give you like the minimum they you know they 
they, they can't go in lower than this. It wasn't even minimum wage. It's, I don't know how it's called in, uh, in, uh, in the US or in your country. Uh, it's not even unemployment because unemployment, you need to have worked before so that they will give you unemployment. Uh, in France, we have this thing called uh, uh, the minimum revenue to like insert yourself in society, something. That's the acronym. That's what it was. So it's basically like you don't have a job. You're like 25. You don't have a job and you haven't worked before. And <laughs> what you need to live, dude, like you, uh, you, don't, have, you don't have anything. So basically, uh, I don't know if it's the equivalent of, of like food stamps or something, uh, but it's like 300 euros a month. All right, so that's all I had. I didn't have a job. Uh, I was looking for a job. It's not that I was being lazy, but that's that's what I was living off of. Uh, 300 uh, euros a month given to me by uh, the state, right? But in my mind, um, I, I didn't want to live at my parents' house because that's the easy route, right? I wanted to be able to be independent and uh, I wanted to make it. I wanted to make it happen somehow. So what I did is, well, I, I, at some point I had to be realistic. I had to go back to my parents for like, uh, I went to my parents for three months, right? And during those three months, I was saving these, uh, these 300 and I think it was like 330 euros or whatever. Uh, I was saving that money. Uh, everything was in the bank. And I was trying to find a, like an apartment. Okay. Um, which in France, it's really hard. Like when you want to, when you want to find an apartment, they will ask you, uh, you know, to you know pay the deposits and have to, so make sure that your parents earn uh, at least like three times the rent, and you need both your parents to sign as a guarantee, and then you need to pay this and that and sign this, and you need to give them at the at the point at that point people are asking crazy stuff like your medical records and stuff like crazy stuff. But anyway, so. Long story short, because it's already half an hour, Jesus Christ, now I have a lot of things to say. Uh, yeah, long story short, I managed to find an apartment with those 600, uh, 600 uh, euros that I had. I gave everything away, so one was the deposit, the other one was the, the first month. And uh, well, I, I had to find a job. So I found a job, which was a, um, so I was uh, just calling up people and selling them cable, you know, like telemarketing stuff. Uh, because the uh, the thing is, I was like, I, I need to be able to pay my rent, and then I'll do whatever it takes to uh, you know to find a job, even if it means that I have to sleep less. So um, I, I found this job, which was uh, <laughs> which was you know, uh, it wasn't the, the, my the, the dream job, but you know, it was paying the bills, right? And and uh, one, when I was there, I didn't I didn't consider that as like oh, it's a mere. Uh, uh, you know, job just to pay the bills. I tried to get good at it, and I became quite good at it. You know, quite good at selling. You know, uh, you know, upselling people and selling cable and all that stuff to people. And I was actually making decent commissions. So my salary was maybe like a thousand, uh, yeah, just a like thousand euros, maybe a month. And every month I was making you know five hundred uh, in commissions because I became good at it. And I invested that money afterwards to you know buy the necess you know necessities for my house. Uh, you know, like washing machine and stuff like that. You know, at the time, they, you know, you know, it was uh, important. I didn't have that stuff. Uh, and well, so everything changed afterwards. So that's, uh, let's say, this this is maybe um, two uh, two to two and a half years after I graduated. I was, you know, I was still in that job trying to find something. And uh, there is something that happened to me that like changed everything. Uh, 
uh, you know, you know, and and that's yeah, it changed everything for me. So basically, I had a friend of mine. Uh, we uh, we attended the same postmaster's degree, and uh, she went to Mexico because she married a Mexican. Uh, but she came back into uh, to France because she didn't necessarily like it over there. And when she was looking for a job at that, at that period, um, I was still looking for a job. I had been for like a good year or whatever, or like a good year and a half. Um, whenever she found an offer, she will send me the offer. Even though she sent her CV and we were in direct competition, she was sending me the offer. She's a really good friend of mine. And I was doing the same thing. And so one day she's, well, she walks in front of this... Uh, temp agency, and uh, there is an offer uh, as a, um, uh, in the purchasing department, like a manager, right? And uh, so she goes in the temp agency and she's like, oh yeah, I saw the offer, um, you know, can I apply? And the temp, temp agency was like, oh yeah, 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 of course, we, we just published it this morning, it's awesome, give us your CV, you don't even have to like register with the temp agency, we're going to take your CV, send it straight to the company, Super awesome! I just it just got here like you know uh, an hour ago. Like oh, so she she calls me right after uh, she's giving her a CV, and uh, she tells me, "Well, dude, you need to send your CV there. There's this offer. Uh, it's awesome. It's been there for just an hour, and um, and you don't even need to register, right?" So I call the the tape agency. Agency. And I'm like, "Oh, can I stop by to drop my CV?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Just come in two hours because it's lunch break, right?" And on the phone. That person had no idea uh, what I looked like, right? Uh, and uh, so basically, when I show up there uh, after lunch, I'm like, "Oh, um, so I'm here for the uh, the offer as a uh, you know purchasing manager." And they're like, "Oh, no, no, no! This this uh, this offer is not available anymore. We found someone three months ago." And I'm like, "Well, but I I called you like." You know, an hour ago, you told me uh, you just got here. Oh, no, no, I don't know who you spoke to. And then she starts barking at some, you know, like uh, someone in the office saying, oh, maybe it's you. You don't know the first thing about that offer and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, no, no. Well, it's, uh, it's already been taken. Sorry about that. And I'm like, well, maybe I can leave you my CV. I can give you the CV and a uh, cover letter if you have something. Oh, no, no, no. We don't take uh, CVs like this. Our quota is already full. Sorry about that, sir. See ya. All right. So at that point, I was like, you know what, if you don't want to give me, uh, you know, if you want to give me what I'm, you know, what, what I'm trying to get, then I will get it myself, you know, uh, because, you know, in, in, in life, I'm not like, I'm really not complaining. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you about my life and what happened to me. So it's not a complaint of, you know, society and blah, blah, blah. My take is, you know, nobody uh, is, uh, you know, nobody owes you anything, right? So if they don't want to give it to me, I will find a way to get it myself. So instead of, you know, become all like super like militant and cause rockets and, and stuff like that. And, uh, and you know, basically, uh, you know, um, capitulate, right? So um, I was like, you know what? Uh, if you know, if uh, I can't find a job in France because these companies don't want me, I will go somewhere else. You know, uh, there are hurdles in life, and depends on how you uh, how you approach them. And I was like, well, I'm going to start my career somewhere else. All right, guys, you just heard a brand new episode of the Freedom by Choice podcast with myself, Martin Ebonge. So I got a question for you: Did you like this episode? If yes, can I please ask you a small favor? 
All right, so here's the thing. The biggest thing that helps my podcast grow and bring more value to other people is if you guys leave a review, if you rate the podcast, and if you subscribe to the podcast. Why? Because this tells the platform that I'm actually bringing a lot of value to you and that you like my stuff. The more people like my stuff and the more they'll show you to other people. And this way, we can make sure that we can impact a lot of people with this podcast and this community, all right? So what I wanna ask is, can you please take three seconds out of your busy day? Because I know everybody's busy. And if you could just like subscribe to the podcast, rate this episode and leave a review. It is three seconds for you, but for me, it will actually make my day and it can help someone else on the other side of this planet, okay? And one thing I like and one thing I want for this podcast is for it not to be a monologue. So I want to get feedback from you guys, right? So if you want to contact me, it's very easy. You can send an email to contact at martinebonga.com and in this email, you can uh, give me feedback on the episode or on the whole podcast, but you can also give me some suggestions about subjects that you want me to cover, right? If it's interesting and if a lot of people want to hear it, then I will cover it, okay? But anyway, thank you for listening to this episode and I see you in the next one, all right? Thank you very much, guys. Bye.